My name is Stella Kamene. Do you know any diseases that are transmitted from animals to humans? Yeah, I know of a few, like monkeypox, Ebola, and rabies. Yeah. What do you know about those diseases? Uh, what I know, the one I can talk a bit about is the rabies, which is transmitted from a dog to human beings. To human beings, maybe if a dog bites you accidentally or it attacks you. Do you feel there is enough information that has been availed to the public regarding diseases transmitted from animals to humans? No, no, no. I don't think at all there is much information. What people know most about is the rabies, because you know, dog a dog is everywhere here in in our country. We have dogs everywhere, so. We know of it much because we only just hear they've had disease coughed from a dog to human beings when it bites you, but even much people don't know the name. And about the monkey box Ebola, I personally do not know anything about it. So we need more information about these things. My name is Simon Cairo, and uh, the one I know of is uh, swine flu. But uh, I don't think I know any other. Do you feel there is enough information that has been availed to the public regarding diseases transmitted from animals to humans? Not really, because uh, in Kenya the diseases that we are normally uh, given information about or educated about are the diseases that are communicable diseases and also diseases that are infectious diseases, but, but not uh, from animal to human being. Uh, our concentration has been on other diseases. Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I'm Halima Thmani. This week, we're looking at zoonotic diseases, ones that jump from animals to humans. You were just listening to our reporter, Michael Kaloki, as he asked people about the issue. And, as you heard, People on the streets of Nairobi only have a vague understanding of zoonotic diseases. Yet, the global spread of COVID-19 and monkeypox shows this is a vital issue for humanity. Around three-quarters of infectious diseases affecting humans are zoonotic. That is, they emerge from wild and domestic animals and then spread to humans. Our global population is due to reach 8 billion by the end of the year. And as we encroach deeper and deeper into the natural world, zoonotic diseases are going to continue to rise. The WHO organization estimates that there are about a billion cases of illnesses and millions of deaths occurring every year from zoonosis. These deaths occur mostly in developing nations. But globalization means that infectious diseases spread fast and wide. And many believe the next worldwide pandemic might be just around the corner. Leading the fight against this are scientists who look at an issue called One Health. The idea that plant, animal and human health are interconnected and needs to be treated as a single issue. Researchers at the International Livestock Research Institute in Nairobi advocate for a One Health approach, one that recognizes the connection of people, animals and plants in the environment. 
Last month, the Institute released a set of recommendations to balance the health of people, animals, plants, and the ecosystems they exist in to reduce the risks of spillover diseases. Our reporter Michael Kaloki spoke with Dr. Bernard Bett, research and team leader at the One Health Center at the Institute, who has been researching the transmission of infectious diseases between animals and people. Dr. Bett, as I was walking around your facilities here, you have big, beautiful lawns with animals in paddocks. I noticed some. Uh, I noticed some cows. Um, sort of eating the grass in one of the paddocks. And there's also a lot of birds around us here. So perhaps Dr. Bedard can ask you, what are some examples of diseases transmitted from animals to humans? Thanks for that question. Yeah, there are a number of them, actually. If you're thinking of just parasitic diseases, those are which are caused by parasites, you could be thinking of uh, diseases like cystisarcosis, which is from pigs to humans or echinococcosis, which is from dogs to humans. Uh, so that's one example. The other example could be those diseases which are caused by viruses, and it could include things like Rift Valley fever, which is transmitted by mosquitoes, or rabies, which we get from dogs. So that's another class of, of zoonotic diseases. The third one, which is also quite important, are those ones which are caused by bacteria, and this includes diseases like anthrax, uh, or brucellosis, and these are very common in pastoral communities where people live closely with animals. How significant is this problem of animal-to-human transmission in sub-Saharan Africa? It's very significant. I think that's the first thing to say. And if you look at the reports even which have been released by the WHO, that's World Health Organization, they say there's been an increase in the number of zoonotic diseases in the, in the recent uh, decade compared to the last one. So when I mean recent, it's from, I think it's 2012 to 2022. There's been a 63% increase in the number of these outbreaks compared to the previous uh, decade. And this could be attributed to man, many things, including the rising human population. It's quite, it's rising very fast in Africa compared to other continents. Um, the rising human, uh, animal populations, and also our, our, um, the expanding um, agriculture and uh, resource use because we are, we are now um, um, using more natural habitats to generate most of the food and other um, needs which we use for our human activities. And so these diseases are becoming more prevalent. And generally we know 60% of the diseases which affect humans are from animals. So it really comprises a huge proportion of what affects, afflicts uh, the human population. That's quite a large percentage, actually. It is. It is. And um, it's quite variable because you find in some locations which, you know, where people really live close with their animals, they tend to suffer a higher infection pressure compared to those ones who live in, let's say, cities and other places where maybe they don't really come into close contact with animals. So the people who are highly affected, you would say, are people who work in the rural areas, who come close to animals and utilize their environments. Yet the message isn't getting out. Michael spoke to Kenyan livestock farmer Bernard Mwenja, who worries that he doesn't know enough about the risks of zoonotic disease. I'm a farmer in Akuru. Kigil uh, sub-county 
I have cows and I'm aware there are diseases that are tr transmitted from animal to human. Bernard, do you feel that there is enough information out there to educate people about diseases that are transmitted from animals to humans, so to perhaps inform farmers such as yourself about those kind of diseases? I think due to shortage of extension officers, the education to farmers as to this animal to human disease uh, contacts is not adequate. Farmers are not well educated that animal diseases can easily spread to human. It is important if our farmers are educated, which again, they are not. Our reporter Michael Kaloki with Dr. Bernard Bed. What measures are in place to try and curb the transmission of these diseases in sub-Saharan Africa? We can classify measures into two main um, 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 types. So there are those ones which we are calling pharmaceutical interventions. And this is what we, we try to offer vaccines and vaccination campaigns. We also offer diagnostic tools for people to screen animals. We also try to offer new drugs uh, for use in, in animals. So those are specific cluster of interventions we are calling pharmaceuticals. But recently with the One Health approach, there's a growing interest also to do what we call ecological interventions, trying to work and ensure that the environment aspects contributes through maybe conservation and uh, through biodiversity conservation so that if we have a well-managed environment, then the risk of disease spillover from those environments to, to animals and humans is reduced. So we are not just thinking of the pharmaceutical interventions, we also need to work on ecological interventions, which help to reduce uh, disease occurrence. Could you just describe to me what this One Health you're talking about is? Oh, yeah, thanks. So One Health is an approach that has been developed as a um, way of optimizing health of people, animals, and ecosystems. So what it implies is we need to work in partnerships across multiple disciplines, across multiple sectors, and working with professionals and non-professionals in trying to deal with diseases which occur at the interfaces of animals, humans, and the environment. So it's, it's, it's a partnership approach where we want to work together to share ideas, knowledge, resources to ensure that the interventions for these diseases are implemented uh, collectively. Dr. Bet, there are several pastoralist herder communities in parts of sub-Saharan Africa is there a risk of interfering with their cultures as a result of trying to curb these diseases? For example, when animal movement restrictions are imposed. You know, there's this notion in some communities, for example, here in Kenya, that traditional ways of dealing with diseases that are transmitted from animals to humans has been ignored. That's a good question, given what people have been discussing about pastoralism. And um, pastoralism, actually, you can't avoid uh, movement. It's part of 
that production system. You have to move to get uh, pasture and water and other resources they need. So our discussion on environmental and biodiversity conservation is actually meant to make our environments much more resilient and much more productive to reduce on those long-range movements. So if we involve communities in, 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 in for example, what we are calling here uh, uh, participatory rural, manage, uh, rural management, it ensures that pastoralists can get pasture and water in within uh, some defined um, uh, distances. Um, involving communities also in One Health, as we talked about earlier on, ensures that we know we map out regions in which they can fully utilize for their own grazing resources rather than moving across boundaries to neighboring communities and neighboring countries. Um, One Health also concerns issues of stocking densities, which can be sustained by the ecology because the, the main challenge actually we are seeing is overstocking then leads to overgrazing then requires long-range movements then more disease so it's a matter of working with these communities on multiple aspects and one health to ensure that the animals we raise can be sustained within the environments in which they live in and uh, quarantine and movement control is is used not just for pastoralists but also for other communities because it's a common approach that's used for disease control, which is different from pastoral movements. So, so when the disease comes, we can't avoid movement control everywhere. But that we hope that will be a short-term measure to contain a disease and that should be looked as a separate uh, issue from ensuring that pastoralists are able to move within their own geographical locations. That's all from us today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst with editing by Ogechi Ekanyuanu and reporting by Michael Kaloki. I'm Halima Athmani. Until next time, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDev.net and distributed in association with your local radio station.